everybody. Welcome back to Conversations with the Covington. What's going on, everybody? My name is Carolyn. And I'm Mo. And we're the Covingtons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, great to be back. We are, you know, just in our house in Charlottesville. And we're back from your birthday weekend. Good to be back in studio. Yeah. At the Covington HQ <laughs> World Headquarters. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we just, you know, it was my birthday last week, which was super fun. I'm getting so old. You're not getting old, babe. It's like good getting older. How does I feel 27 good about feel? it. It feels good. Yeah. So yeah, feel- it feels good. It's like, you know, it was like a chill birthday because it's not that crazy of a, you know, year. You said your birthday was chill? You think so? I thought we had a great time for your birthday. I enjoyed your birthday. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. No, it was fun. But it was like, that was what I wanted. We went to Asheville. We were in the mountains. We went hiking. Mm-hmm. We had a couple good dinners. Mm-hmm. I went to a Brandy Carlisle concert with my mom, which was really fun. Brandy Carlisle. I mean, she's not like, you either know about her or you don't. She's still not super popular. But I... Love her so much. I mean, she even sold out the the stadium here. Like yeah, no, all yeah. of her places were sold out, and I didn't realize when we had got the tickets that it was going to be a solo performance. So instead of it being, you know, her and her band, which I've act- I actually saw her before in Fargo when I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, but it was just her with her guitar and her piano, which really shows like how talented you have to be and able to sell out big theaters like that. And just it's just you, it's your just voice, yeah. and your guitar, and she's incredible. So if you guys have never listened to Brandy Carlisle you should go do it she's a singer songwriter she has like a country twang but she also has a little rock side to her she's just so good i love her yeah i saw your video i mean everything looked pretty pretty fun i i definitely enjoyed my time just hanging out at your mom's house while you guys yeah. while you girls went and enjoyed the concert so mm-hmm. but uh i do want to talk about Asheville. so we went to Asheville for your birthday yeah oh uh, we went down on a thursday um, now guys, Asheville is a beautiful part of the country as well. Um, you know, the Blue Ridge mountains extends down that direction. <laughs> Fun fact for our wedding destination, it was between Asheville and Charleston. It was at least for me. That's where I was. No, those are the two places we told. And I wanted to get married at the Biltmore house, mm-hmm. but ultimately Charleston just won over our hearts and yeah. we just, we love it there so much. But anyway, we stayed but at the Biltmore. Asheville's beautiful. Yeah. We stayed at the inn at the Biltmore. Yeah. What'd you think about it? It was nice. Yeah, I, I liked it. Was very it. Nice, I yeah. actually like, I don't know, when we were looking at booking there, I was like, oh, it's kind of expensive for what it looks like. Like the photos looked a little older, but it was nice though. It was good, good, like. It was beautiful. It kind of gave me Omni Homestead vibes yeah, initially, older. but the exterior was beautiful. I mean, it, it was, was a beautiful. Way newer it was the setting, than that. yeah, the setting is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Facing the mountains, I mean, we got to walk down a little path. The right food there and the, the drinks everywhere were really good. The yeah. little village down, down yeah, below the village down was below fun. Was they were cool. playing jazz music one night. We, yeah, they did a good restaurant there, so it was fun. I do want to tell an interesting story about Asheville. What? <laughs> so, guys, listen to this story. So on Friday night, was it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. Carolyn and I decided to go out downtown in Asheville oh, after dinner. Story. Yeah. After dinner. So we had a nice tapas style dinner, tapas and wine uh, dinner. And we just walked probably two blocks down into downtown because we heard some nice live music going. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we looked into this bar and it was happening. They had good music going. They were playing what, like 70s, 80s, not like, you know, kind of music. Yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, that's the place to be. It was fun. So I kind of like, you know, cut my <laughs> eyes in there. I'm like, okay, there's like nothing but older. And I mean older, I mean like 60 They and like older, had white hair. <laughs> like white haired, all white people <laughs> in, in this bar. And they were grooving. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go in. Let's, let's check it out. Yeah. So we walk in. Um, and we kind of stand near the door right by the bar. And, you know, I'm, I'm standing there dancing and grooving and Carolyn, she's in front of me. She gets to order our drinks for us. And we're looking around and I don't know how you felt, Carolyn, but how'd you feel looking around? What, did you catch any eyes or anything? I did. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. What kind of I mean, eyes? What number, kind of stares? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just everyone was looking at us mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, we're definitely the youngest people here, which mm-hmm. is, you know, one thing, but of course, like, I'm the only every, black guy. Right. <laughs> everyone is white yeah. and you're not. And it's very obvious. You're like a big man. So, so you're hard, so, not hard to miss. I mean, I mean I've, I've been in some settings where I've been in a lot of settings where I'm the only black guy. But this is the only time I kind of felt a little it bit uncomfortable. It did feel weird. I don't know. Like, a I little felt bit like, people like get were, out vibes, you know? Right. I yeah. felt like the way that people were looking at yeah. us, either, and this is what was weird, either people were overly nice, mm-hmm. like trying too hard, or they were straight up staring as if like, get out. Right. So it was weird. it's funny because the lady, a lady behind me was like, hey, honey, we're going to move soon if you guys want to take these seats. I'm like, oh, okay, we're probably just going to have a drink and leave. So, you know, we keep doing our thing. We're bouncing and we're dancing. I have a drink. And then the lady gets ready to leave behind us. And she grabs my arm. And she's like, hey, hey, I want to tell you something before I leave. First of all, you guys can have these seats, but also just be careful. I'm like, what do you mean be careful? She's like, just be careful. She starts looking around with her eyes, cutting her eyes like both ways, like be careful. And I'm like, what? She's like, and she grabs me tighter, like be careful. So immediately I'm like, oh, I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm like, I need to get... And then there's this one older guy who had been dancing in front of us. He had been staring at me a lot and he finally yeah. comes over and he takes the place of the lady and he starts talking to you. So I don't know what he said to you, Carolyn. I don't remember. And I asked you what he said and you're he, like, oh, he's just trying to be nice. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he was, tr- but it was like a trying too hard. Yeah. Like you guys are gorgeous. Or I like thought you said you were gorgeous. I didn't think you said. I, I don't know. He was yeah. like just overly trying to like give a compliment, and I was like, "This feels very forced." Anyway, when in that setting, when an older white lady tells me to get out or be careful, I'm getting out. I'm being careful. I'm getting out of there. So, yeah. Carolyn, didn't, look, I I chug my drink. I didn't even get I, finished. No, my glass I punched of wine. in the Uber. I looked around. I said, okay, I don't feel comfortable anymore. I said, Kayla, we're going. And she's like, I didn't finish my wine yet. I was like, I'm getting out of here. I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> this lady told me to get out or be, this oh lady just told God. me to be, be, com- me, be careful. To leave, so I got to get out leave. of here. <laughs> so that was interesting. I've never kind of been in that type of setting before. It was yeah. weird. Yeah. I don't know. That I think it was that, just that place specifically. Yeah. But. Outside of that, I mean, the, I, I definitely probably was... <laughs> the only black guy around the Biltmore, but I felt welcome. I felt, um, yeah. didn't feel like I was an outcast or people were kind of like looking at us in a yeah, negative way. A we got a lot of highs and hellos and interesting conversations with people, which was fine. It's normal. Right. But that interaction in that bar was just really weird. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to bring that up. I thought it was a funny story. Yeah. Other than that weird occurrence, um, it was a good weekend. Yeah, it was a right? great. It was a great weekend. Yeah, we yeah. brought back some big pieces of furniture that my grandparents had left behind mm-hmm. when they passed away. So, I inherited those, and I'm going to try to DIY them this winter. Should be a fun project for you. Yeah. 
So, yeah, but uh, yeah, we've just been working this week. Yeah, yeah. Doing all the things. Trying to get back in the flow of things. We will be in town for a while. All right. We're not going to. No, yeah. So no hopefully big plans our to travel podcast anytime soon. schedule will be more consistent. Yeah. We'll try to be putting out that at least one per week. Mm. Um, yeah, but do you what what's what's on the agenda? Today? Yeah, so I've had a couple of questions. One, um, people want to kind of know our workout regimen. Um, I guess they see me posting like little snippets here and there on my story of us working out, and kind of want to people know, ask me that too. Yeah, kind of want to know more about that. And the second thing that I wanted to discuss were some pretty cool questions that we've been getting. Um, definitely you um, from your wine followers, and mm-hmm. then me on the real estate side as well. Um, because I think they're very, very good questions. I think people can actually learn from the information. Hmm. So I kind of want to address that. So, okay. Want to have a conversation? Let's have a conversation. Let's do it. So in terms of our workout, um, I'm sorry, I'm knocking my microphone around over here. Wait, can we just hold on? Can we just go back a couple of years? Because when we first met, we were both a little heavier. Like I look back into like the photos of us in like 2019 and I was like, my face was like very round. In fact, I had this person, actually a few people, cause I posted a few streaks of like those photos of when we first met. Mm-hmm. Remember it was like this trend going around on stories and people were like, I'm not trying to be rude, but like, did you get work done on your face? Like, how did your face shape change so much? You had a baby I, face, yeah. And I was just legit like, I lost weight in my face. I don't know. Because in 2020, when we were locked down, like, we were working out and stuff when we first met, but not like vigorously like we are now. And maybe not as consistently. You were more just into like your weight lifting, less cardio. And... I, we were also just like eating and drinking a lot. And then like 2020 hit and I was like, I'm going to start keto. We're going to eat healthy and everything was shut down. So really we just had to like run and do cardio workouts together. So that's how we really started like getting into running. I feel like together, I was always into running, but you weren't really. Yeah. Um, so I've, you know, you guys know I come from an athletic background. So working out has always been a, a huge part of my life. I've always worked out pretty consistently four or five times a week. Um, when me and Carolyn met, I was just more into lifting at that time frame. Um, I had actually just come off of a, a vegan diet. So I had lost some weight, but then me and her were traveling around a little bit more. And I was always into into lifting and I would run a mile, just a mile before every workout. So that was kind of the extent of my cardio. Um, so we were, I mean, I think me and her both, and Kevin giving her back, uh, Carolyn giving her background, um, we were both, um, you know, she was a track star and she did gymnastics. We were both pretty heavy into athletics so i mean working out just came a part, a part of our lifestyles essentially mm-hmm. so when we met it was kind of a no-brainer how we would just kind of keep on with that and to your point 2020 um yeah we were locked in it was like there's and nothing to do like we would do multiple do. workouts a day yeah. and just buy all our groceries we so run, i was cooking everything we were like five miles a day we were running a lot right. <laughs> and <laughs> i think it up does, a mountain like it up does mountains. make a big difference too when you know we were eating a lot of our meals out or ordering in and then i really got into i was always in a little bit into cooking but i really got into it when we were like cooking. yeah i think 2020 we were extra healthy like you're saying and we ran on our you know our workouts were running up a Mountain, pretty much. We, I mean, we lived yes, in the mountains, very hilly, <laughs> really hilly. Mm-hmm. So we were doing that every single like day. So we all, so we both slimmed down pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I think you just, I mean, you had a baby. You were younger. You had a baby face, and now you're a woman. So it's just like you kind of naturally lose that. Yeah. But as far as today, where we are now. But yeah. I think what changed everything for me, and I also was the one that started this for us, was our Peloton journey, because I would 
you know, we just recently got Pelotons, you guys, like this past year. Last year, yeah. Last year we got the treadmill. But I was using, I've been using the app since 2019, 2020. And I would use it like on the treadmill, doing runs with the people or whatever. And I just ended up loving them. You like feel like you are develop relationships with like the instructors and they're fun. The music's fun and the workouts are really tough, but enjoyable. And so I fell in love with that. I'm like, Mo, you need to do this, especially the treadmill boot camps. And we would do those together and do the runs together and stuff. And I just fell in love with it. Yeah. I was doing those. That Nike, got me in- I was doing those Nike workouts, which is kind of yeah. like the same is similar to Peloton, but they were less like treadmilly type, boot camps it was just more like strength and hit you know car, high intensity cardio training that kind of stuff um and to bond with my my woman who i just started dating i wanted to do workouts with her and she really loved the peloton so of course i put my nike app aside and joined on her train and started doing peloton workouts and i absolutely love them i mean we do those consistently pretty much every day mm-hmm. um so that's what we do we do pel- we have that's a peloton bike do. and a peloton treadmill mm-hmm. and i mean our workouts can range from 20 minutes to hour um yeah. and if we do a 20 minute workout we're, we're stacking those so it's I probably two of those 50, yeah so i did cut my workout a little short today because mm-hmm. it was freaking hard you quit like five minutes. Carolyn, no. Mo, I had to. It was so hard. And Baby. I was like, what? <laughs> a 60-minute treadmill boot camp. Was it just I'm Sims? sorry, Just Sims is crazy. <laughs> no, but those are my favorite workouts. I just, even if you don't have a Peloton, the app is so good. It's like 12 bucks a month. It's mm-hmm. literally like the best investment I ever made because I've just, ne- I haven't been in this good of shape since I was in track. Yeah, we're in, I mean, we, so guys, we literally kill ourselves in there. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you want to see us sweating and dying in there, but we're like trying to kill ourselves in there. We're working to our max. It's, we're doing on consistently 45 minute and workouts. And it's the kind of workouts that I enjoy mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't love to just run for an hour straight. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hit, it's on, it's up and down hills, it's sprinting, it's walking, it's and weights. there's hike, and mm-hmm. then you do weights. And it's like a combination of all of those things. And I just feel like for me personally and everybody's different but I feel like that's what my body needs is a combination of different types of cardio plus strength training right and even though and I know and I used to be like this I think back when I was in LA and I did not look my best I I was like you look pretty good well but Mm. I was scared to do super heavy weights Mm -hmm. because I was like well I don't want to be getting all bulky and it's just it's just not gonna happen like if you're doing you know it's just you're a woman like it's just women's muscles are different and so i I do like i've just i feel like i'm toned like the best that i've been since i was like literally in high school on average how many calories do you burn in your workouts I mean, I feel like my tolerance or like, what's the word? You like built my, up, um, like, stand us up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so high now mm-hmm. that for me, it's like in a good workout, like four, like today it was like four to 500. Yeah. Um, but on a like normal average day where I just do like a 30 minute workout, it's like two to 300. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. it used to be like, I remember two years ago when I was really working on getting in shape, it was like probably double that. Yeah. Like a hard workout for me would have been like six, 700. Right. So I'm, I'm twice your size. So mine's a little bit. Yours is <laughs> Yeah. Higher. My average are probably about 800 calories a workout. And Dang. if I'm doing a hard one, I can hit a thousand calories easy. I'm um, doing a workout. It so, would take me yeah. running a marathon 
Yeah. No, it would take me, it would take me like running probably like seven miles. So you guys miles. might see us eating out at restaurants and drinking wine every once in a while. Cause we do. And that's the, those are the things we show. But during the week, we're like very, we're very disciplined. A couple of times and a we, week yeah, though. And we're very disciplined and we, we, we kill ourselves. We literally kill ourselves in the gym and we compete at it. You know, if I do a workout and Carolyn might have said that morning, she's not doing one, but she sees me come up from the weight room and I'm sweating and I'm huffing the pub and she's like, I'm going to do a workout, you know. And she's I feel like stay. having a gym in our home has also been a life changer because it's so, some you know, some days it's so hard to get out of bed and drive yourself to the gym and put on the workout clothes. But once, once you do, I mean, I, I never regret doing it. But, I mean, we just finished our gym a year ago. And so... That's been really nice. But before that, we were working out in our garage. We were running around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we've lived together now for a few years. And so it's like Four years, we've yeah. only had a gym for one year. And all those other years, we were making it work. Well, we had a gym in our townhome, too. Yeah, but yeah. before that, it yeah. wasn't even done for the first year we lived there. We mm-hmm. were literally running in the streets, running up and down the streets, sprinting. We had little dumbbells in our apartment or our townhouse. Like, so we, I feel like I don't want to be like too harsh but i feel like there's no excuses you know what i mean like because you can find something and especially for like you know 10 12 bucks a month for like a really good workout right and for our meals i mean carolyn does a great job of ordering us groceries and preparing our meals she does a good job of just keeping clean healthy food in the house for us Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah every once in a while i might indulge on a you know eating out for lunch or you know for dinner today mo today i had (laughs) chick-fil-a so you know like every i'll do that but i can do that because i killed myself in the gym you know and granted i would like my midsection to be a little bit more tighter but if i if i change my diet if i if i change my diet it would i like how you (laughs) no you look great well thanks babe you look amazing as well thanks (laughs) but yeah so, so Yeah, to, we, so to I answer think, your question, guys, we 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 work hard. We do, we do kill ourselves in the gym, and we use. We Peloton. do work out hard, but Mo and I enjoy that. We were both athletes, and you know those hit workouts work for us. So, you know, things in life will. Hey, change. baby. Hey, <laughs> might not be like this forever. It, it, it oh, pays to I, look this good. Can I just say two <laughs> other ways of workouts that I love to do? And now that the weather's cooler, I've been meaning to do this mm-hmm. is I love working out on an actual track. Mm-hmm. So going to oh, a we high used to do those too. Yeah. Going to it. Yeah. We used to, cause we had a track about yep. a mile from our house. So we right. would run a mile to the track, do a couple miles, miles on, on the, the track, track and then and run, run home. Yeah, up the and hill. Th- up those, the- <laughs> but still like, I mean, I will drive to the track now yeah. and do a, a track workout. I just love that. Cause it brings like back memories for me mm-hmm. and it's just also a good workout. You're on a flat surface and you know, you can keep track of how far you're going and it's just different. And so I love track workouts. So, you know, even, you know, walking on the track or walk a mile, do squats and push up, push ups and walk again. It's a great workout. And then my other workout that I, enjoy that i also need to get back into is my boxing your boxing there's a boxing i really got into boxing when i lived in la i was in this uh, kickboxing class and i learned some really good technique and we have a bag and i have boxing gloves and it is such a good cardio workout so if you don't like to run like if you have bad knees or something throwing punches not only does it like relieve the stress and it's fun and you can you just feel powerful, but you are sweating and burning so many calories. I love I, it. I feel like you always do a boxing um, workout after we've had like an argument or something. Or yeah, if I'm if frustrated. You're frustrated with me, <laughs> yeah. you go down there and kick and punch your back. I do, and I like like turn up the music. <laughs> do you believe? Do you, do you like look at that bag and say, "This is Mo"? 
No, no, no. I more just, for me, it's like about feeling strong. And I love that. Mm, You are a strong woman. Thanks. Yeah. So there it is. That's our workout. Um, Not guide, but just what we do. So I hope that kind of gives you guys some more insight to that. Um, But moving on. You move Moving on. on. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to start with your questions first, Carrie? Yeah, I can start. I also wanted to talk about a topic um, that I posted as a reel the other day. So I can dive into that a little bit too. Sounds good to um, me. So actually, maybe I'll start with that. So that topic is how to order wine in a restaurant okay. because I feel like this is hard, especially if you sit down at a restaurant and it's like a whole novel. It can be overwhelming to, for sure. Right? And you're what like, do I always do? I give it to you. Kayla, yeah, help you're me like, out. <laughs> what the heck do I do? Even if it's like one, one or two pages long, mm-hmm. you still, you know, especially if you're a beginner in wine, it's very overwhelming. And I feel like most people kind of just tend to choose what they know. Like for me, it used to be a Sauvignon Blanc from mm-hmm. New Zealand or like a Napa Cab, right? But I mean, those are more like a lot of people would choose those. And I think what people don't realize is you're getting, you're going to get better deals the more you know, and the more you kind of branch out, especially if you have a huge, huge wine list that you're looking at. Most likely there is going to be a sommelier at the Mm -hmm. restaurant or some kind of wine or food and beverage director that you can talk to for guidance because how else would they have a wine list that big? I mean, that's that's what sommeliers do is Mm -hmm. they help curate that wine list. So Um, that's actually my first tip is always talk to the sommelier or ask if there's someone wine focused that can help you with the menu. Because even I ask that and I know how to read a wine list properly. Um, but it's always so helpful and they know that wine list inside and out. They know what, what the good deals are. They know what's drinking well at the time. They might have something that just came in that's not even on the wine list. So I always like to just ask them, you know, this is what we're thinking of eating right. for dinner. Right. We'd like to stay under $120 for a bottle. What do you recommend? And, and I, would, I mean, can I also ask yeah. you two cents there? Because, yeah, you you do that all the time. And I'm uh, thankful I have you because you actually know a lot about wine. So I feel like sometimes you're kind of critiquing what they're going to say. But even for a novice, somebody who doesn't know much about wine like myself, I mean, talking to a wine professional like a sommelier can definitely help. I mean, even if you just say, hey, look, I don't know much about wines and regions and all that, but I know what I like. And I like a heavy, a heavy, typically like a heavy yeah. Napa cab. I mean, and I'm eating steak. Or you love yeah. a Malbec. Or a Malbec, And so then they right. can recommend something similar in style to exactly. that. Exactly. So if you don't know a lot about wine, that's my first tip is ask the sommelier, ask someone, say, you know, this is what I'm thinking of eating. This is my price range. Like, help me find a great bottle. Okay. Boom. And they love hearing the price range because if you don't give them that, like to them, they might think, Oh, like here's an amazing $500 bottle. Like you (laughs) have to try. (laughs) So, um, definitely don't be afraid to say, you know, this is kind of my price point. Um, but another good rule of thumb that I love to follow is what grows together goes together. Can, can I stop you one second? Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so in terms of regions, okay, um, mm-hmm. say, because some people, you know, they can maybe look at a, a wine menu and say, okay, I like this type of wine and I know it grows well in this region. Could you kind of give people like insights into like, if they like a Napa, where to look? I mean, not, not a Napa, if they like a cab, what region should they look at to get in a cab? If they like a Malbec, what region should they look at? Oh, you know, man. Sauvignon I Blanc. Mean- 
You you're know? yeah, that's getting into specifics, and that's maybe oh, that a whole much? other okay, episode. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I mean yeah, yeah. it's a really good question, but I think that's just a whole another episode of deep diving into varietals and where they grow really well right. and where they're you know thriving. I mean Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, that's an example. Obviously, it's known for Napa, and those are going to be some of the most expensive ones. But you could also look at Kunawara region mm. in Australia, or you could look at. Chile, because Chilean Cabernet Sauvignons are so good, but they're way more affordable. So mm -hmm. just knowing that, but I mean, that could be a different episode. That's I'm a sorry. lot of yeah, info. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but what I was saying about what grows together goes together is more, I meant like the food and the wine. So you have Sangiovese that grows in Tuscany, and you are going to have a pasta, an Italian pasta. Maybe you should get a Chianti. Or if you're having seafood, Maybe you should get some type of wine that you know is from a coastal region, mm -hmm. you know, so things like yeah. that. Or, you know, that's why they say Chablis and oysters. Or if you're at a tapas restaurant, maybe try a Spanish wine, a Tempranillo, something like that. So that's kind of a good rule of thumb. I mean, I pretty much always live by that. Like if I'm getting Italian food, I'm going to have an Italian wine with it. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot that can go into that as well. Um, another good little tip is that typically less common wines on a wine list are going to be a better deal. Mm. Kind of already mentioned this, but yeah, because everyone knows Napa is known for its Cabernet Sauvignon. And those are just expensive in general because it's such a famous region. But, but they are really good, too. They are really <laughs> good, but they're definitely overpriced. And mm. I mean, there's some other amazing wines probably on that wine list that are just as good if not better and way cheaper um so just a few wines that are really good value wines to look for would be spanish red and whites yes um santorini whites i've talked about that in past episodes gruner Veltliner. it is a white wine that uh, comes from austria it's one of my favorites it's always really affordable and super complex that's a word i can't say but gruner okay. Veltliner. Gruner um, Sicilian reds. So the wines of Sicily, Etna Rosso, Bianco, those are always really affordable and really interesting. Um, South African wines in general, mm -hmm. we know that. We've yes. also talked about that. Um, and then Cremants, which would be um, sparkling wines that are still made in the traditional method in France, but not necessarily from Champagne. So mm, wow. those are some little tips for you guys about um, kind of what to do. Oh, my last tip is do your <laughs> research. Like I'm such a nerd. So when I get excited about going to a restaurant, I always look at the menu online and you I start to that. think, okay, yes. what do I think I'm going to eat? And then if they have the wine list online as well, I'll also look at that and I'll start to get an idea. You're such a planner that way. <laughs> and if you don't know a lot about wine, I mean, you can do research and you can look up the wines and see, you know, what they're valued at and what vintages are drinking well and all the things. Or the more obvious thing that you can do too is ask to taste a few, right? Yeah. Uh, no? Mm, they typically give you a taste of one or two different wines before you pick one, especially at a nice restaurant. I mean, if it's a wine by the glass that they mm -hmm. already have open, but if they have a huge wine list, like they're not just going to open that bottle for you to try. I That's mean, they true. let you try it before you, I guess, commit to the bottle. However, it's not there to say, is this good or not? Or do mm -hmm. you like it or not? It's mm -hmm. to say, is the wine cork, corked yeah. or not? <laughs> is it bad? <laughs> so even if the wine is really 
nice and what it is supposed to be and you're like, oh, this isn't what I wanted, that's kind of on you. Yeah. You probably shouldn't have ordered have it, ever, which is why you should ask the sommelier. Have we ever tasted a wine like once it was corked and we smelt the cork and tasted it that didn't taste right or smell right? I have, I've bought and, a couple bottles. Like but one not at time a restaurant. I, no, not at yeah. a restaurant, but I've had um, a couple bottles that I've like brought home that I'm like, oh, oh yeah, my I gosh, remember. this is not good. Right. Like one yeah. was from Wegmans. Yeah. And I've had people come into the winery that will, and sometimes we have corked wines, especially with the amount of bottles we're opening. You, chances are you are going to get a few that are faulty, but I've had customers be like, can you come smell this? We think something's off. And if it's corked, then we'll just take it and we'll get them a new one. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um, okay, so should I go move on to my questions that I got asked? Yeah, those are some great tips. Thanks for giving that. But yeah. So yeah, I want to shout out Mallory from Instagram. She had asked me a few questions that are wine related, my favorite kind of questions. So I figured I'd go through a couple of them and answer them. And then you can take your turn. Okay. Do your real estate. Let's see. <laughs> so first question, at what point in your wine education did you start curating your own wine collection or know what to buy? So I would say probably after my W set level two, after passing that, I started to become a lot more confident in knowing what to buy and actually like investing in good quality wines that I wanted to save. Um, so it was probably in between that level two, level three, especially after level three, I just became like so obsessed with like, we're traveling somewhere. I need to save these wines looking for the best vintages. Um, so yeah, then that was probably like two years ago. So I haven't been doing it for that long now. I think, um, some of the best oldest wines that we have in our collection are the Italian ones that we got last summer. So my is collection crazy. is still pretty young and but recent. That is crazy that it's only been like two, two and a half years since we've been collecting. Because we, I mean, we, it seems like it's been so so much longer. And also it's like to think about the the time we have left on this planet to collect and travel and see different wines. Yeah. It's crazy. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, the collection has really built up because, yeah, yeah I don't think I started until like 2020. We got to start drinking some of that stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> and because too, it is hard. Like when wines are expensive, it's really hard to, to splurge and, you know, get the bottle. But I yeah. have a, a good little collection now. A and nice I'm collection. happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> So where do you buy your wines is the next question. All over the place. I mean, if we're talking online, I buy a lot from wine.com because they ship in like a couple days. They have a lot of options. Um, oh my gosh, what other ones? I, I feel like I, that's my main place I buy online. But in stores, I mean like Total Wine. I like to do more of the smaller like local wine shops. So we have like Market Street Wine in Charlottesville, Bottle House Bev. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and then I mean I, I get sent a lot of wine too. Which, yeah. <laughs> Every <laughs> day I get so, home and there's a big package at the door with well it's several which packages. Which I'm at the so door grateful for wine. and yeah. to be able to work with a lot of cool brands, but I find myself buying less and less wine because you get it I, I do get, I do have good, you know, relationships with brands and distributors and things like that. But so. I, I will say everywhere we travel to, we make it a point to kind of go taste yeah, wine. And from that's kind of when I save true. Yeah. Like I, I, 
purposely like won't buy a lot of wine just like while we're here because mm-hmm. then when we do take the trip I've like you know we've saved up and set aside like okay we're gonna allot you know this amount of money to bring wine back with us so um saving up for your travels is always a good one and makes it more special that way um so next question sometimes it can be overwhelming so what draws you to a wine to buy it do you do any research beforehand or go off of other people's recommendations I definitely go off of other people's recommendations. Um, I mean, my whole Instagram feed is wine people. So if people are saying, I like this wine, you guys should try it. Like, and it's someone that I trust. Um, yeah, I mean, typically I'll, I'll try to go, I'll try it. Or if I remember that and see it in the store, I'll pick it up. Um, but also what draws me to buy a wine is I think now just after being, formally educated in wine I really know what I like what I personally like and I know what wines from different regions tend to taste like and what those styles consistently are and so I'll I always am branching out trying new things Mm -hmm. or if I'm like oh I heard about that grape bread I haven't tried it yet and I see it somewhere like I'll try to pick it up or oh a wine from Israel this is so cool like let me try I'm really drawn to unique wines um, but also just different um, wine houses and producers from you know famous regions as well you know what to your point I just thought about this um a good way that I've seen you and myself as well, uh, we're able to kind of try wines first before we buy them is when we go to those small, like local wine shops, because typically your local wine shop is going to have a wine tasting event at least once a week. That's you, a good point. Yeah. And you can pop in and they'll have a distributor there or somebody there um, letting you try four or five, six different wines. And that's a good way to kind of figure out what. Yeah, wines you really that's like. a yeah. really good tip is look at your local wine shops and see if they're offering wine tastings and go to those and try them out because it is always nice to get to try something before you commit to a bottle. Um, Okay, what are some great wine essentials, this is the last one, to have in your home collection, like specific brands of glasses, types of decanters, preserving systems, all of those things. So um. Great wine essentials, Coravin. You guys know I'm obsessed with Coravin. If you follow me on Instagram, I talk about it all the time. That is a wine preservation system where there's different um, levels of Coravin that you can buy, but the most commonly used one is just the classic. You stick it into a natural corked wine and it can last for years, which is crazy, but so cool. Um, They also have the sparkling preservation system, um, And that's pretty much the only preservation system I use because I just, once you get a Corvin, you won't go back to like those vacuum ones or the other little ones that you find on like Amazon. So highly recommend Corvin for every wine lover. You guys can use my promo code. I actually just checked today because I was thinking of buying one for somebody and my discount code still works. So if any of you guys want to buy a Corvin or go check it out, um, it's Carolyn15 is my for 15% off if you guys want to check that out. Um, But specific brands of wine glasses. I love Zalto. I love Riedel. I love the Zyre collection, which I've been using in all my reels lately. Um, 
those are just some of my favorite. We have so many freaking wine glasses, Carolyn. I know. <laughs> For a cheaper version, yeah. like I've gotten some really cute, durable ones at like World Market mm-hmm. or Crate and Barrel. I have some pretty like designed ones that I got from William Sonoma from our registry. So those are a few of my favorites. Um, decanters as well. Like they have the Riedel and Zalto decanters that are really nice. Mm-hmm. I um, like those, actually. Yeah, and chillers. I mean, I don't really have a good wine chiller, do I? feel I? like you've been sent a few chillers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of one that I genuinely really love. What about that pocketbook chiller thing you got? What? Pocketbook? What? <laughs> the pocketbook wine pourer chiller thing that you have. That you could put wine in oh, your pocketbook. Oh, that's yeah. a purse. <laughs> that's a purse, yeah. li- That is actually really funny. I do like that purse. It's like a Porto Vino or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, oh, I have, we have like a pretty marble chiller from William Sonoma. Oh, but, yeah, I like that one. Oh, that was a wedding actually, gift, right? wait, my huge trough. Yeah. My huge trough that I use whenever we have like guests over. Oh that yeah. That one is from Pottery Barn. I do have this beautiful big like wine. You can fit like multiple bottles of wine in it. And I love that one. That one's from Pottery Barn. Was that a gift for me? Yeah. I okay. think you got me that for Christmas a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all of my stuff. Um, yeah, that was turn. great. <laughs> that was great information. Thank great. you. Great. All right. Your turn. What are your questions? My questions. So I don't really have any tips today. Okay, we'll just answer the questions. I am. Give me a second. <laughs> With your San Pellegrino over there. Um, I did get a text message from one of my friends. He's been texting me like all the time, like Mo. I really want to, I really want to invest in real estate. I want to buy like all this stuff. Okay, I'll help you. Let me know when you're ready. Let me know when you're ready. So I'm just going to read a question he just asked me recently. Okay. Mo, he just simply said, Mo, should I buy now or wait later? <laughs> Ooh, that is like the question I feel like everyone's wondering. Yeah, I think, I mean, so if you buy now, you got to buy, make sure you're buying right, essentially. I would say buy now because later you don't know how high these interest rates are going to rise. You don't know where they're going. Right now, it's a buyer's market. It's not a seller's market. It's been a seller's market for the last two and a half years where sellers have been pretty much naming their prices and everybody's still been buying, right? Everybody's still been buying even though we've been in the seller's market for two and a half years. Now we're transitioning into a buyer's market where sellers aren't getting the prices they're wanting. Buyers can go in and negotiate a price down to make it fit their financial investment profile. And if it works that number-wise, then it works. I mean, it doesn't matter it ma- the interest rate matters, but as long as you're buying it right, it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah. it that's so interesting because it almost sounds like since it's more of a buyer's market now, it almost seems like it's the better time to buy versus sell. It it is a great time to buy because there's less demand out there. Mm-hmm. You don't have 20 people competing for a property like Oof, you have been yeah. for the last two years right so when you have 20 people competing for one property that what drives Drives up the price price, so even though you're getting a low interest rate you're paying a high price for an asset that's honestly not worth that much it's just worth that much because the demand is so high now the demand is low and you're seeing it every day price reduction price reduction the market is correcting itself so Mm -hmm. if you buy now at whatever six seven percent now say say okay say you had a house on the market six months ago Say it was three hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Interest rates were three point five four percent. That's a great deal. I'm not gonna do the math on my phone right now, but you can do the math. That's a great deal. Say today that same house is on the market for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. There's no buyers looking for that house. It's just kind of sitting there. It's been on the market for a month. 
Now the sellers, he's getting, the sellers are getting anxious. He wants to kind of reduce the price. Now it's two fifty. Okay, now it's two twenty. Whatever it is, all right. Now because the price has dropped so much, it 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 kind of matches up with the interest rate. Their interest mm-hmm. rate rose, the price dropped. Now your your payments are essentially still the same. So that deal could still be a good deal. So that's what's happening. So those deals that were good deals at high prices with low interest rates are still good deals at high interest rates and low prices. Question. Yeah. So if you did say you just went ahead and did buy a house, but you you know you had like a six percent interest rate, but you got a pretty good deal on the house, let's say. First of all, let me say I'm talking about investment properties here, but go ahead. Yeah. Oh, you're not talking about like just homes. What I was just talking about was in investments, investment uh, okay. properties. But go ahead. Say someone's like buying a house. They're buying a house for like their own personal right, use. Right, for like you. their family. I should have just clarified that. From and then in a couple years, interest rates go back down. Can they then try to get a better interest rate and change their payment? If you're buying a house for your family, get what you can afford, okay? Just buy what you can afford. But yes, to answer your question, yes, absolutely. And I don't know when interest rates are going to go down. I would guess three to five years, you know, before they start to kind of go back down again. So if you can, I mean, like, and I mentioned this in one of our other podcasts, I'm like, it's no problem buying a little bit of lesser house right now for the, and hold on to it for the next three to five years. Let it appreciate. Then you sell that house and, or you can refinance the house and stay in it after you made it the way you want, or you can sell it and get to something bigger and nicer with the, with the money that you've um, earned um, in appreciation over the last three to five years um, from that property. So there's different ways to look at it. That, did that kind of answer your question? Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. I think that that's good insight. No, it's great. I mean, I've been listening to it too on my podcast and a lot of investors are buying right now because like I said, they can go in and kind of just get the price right down to where they want to do it. And, you know, interest rates don't really affect you as long as your bottom line is is at where it's need to be as far as what you're paying for the property. Makes sense. All right. Well, good stuff. Oh, do you have another one? I do have another one. How do I come up with a down payment to fund my investment purchase? (laughs) <laughs> Ooh. all right let me think off the top of my head here there's several ways to come up with a down payment one is the obvious what is that carolyn cash how do you come up with cash work work save it <laughs> <laughs> the obvious for a new investor the obvious or you thing could be, ask your family to help so you get to cash. save it so with an investment property you typically need about 20 percent down um, for a flat out investment if you're doing something called house hacking you might need 3.5 to 5 percent down has house hack house hacking is essentially buying a single family home or it could be a duplex or a triplex you're living in one unit and you're renting out the rest of it essentially so you're buying a primary home for yourself um people do this with duplexes and triplexes they live in one unit and they rent out the other two um you can use the other two units income to supplement your income therefore qualifying you for a higher loan amount and a bigger uh value property so that's one way you do it you save up or you Invest in something that's a little more, a little less stringent instead of a 20% down, something like a 5 or 3, 3.5% down and you do house hacking. Another way you can find money, ask your family. Yes, of course. Um, you can also, if you're doing this for business purposes, you can start an LLC, set up a bank account for that LLC, make sure your personal credit is above a 650 to 700. You can go to the bank where your business LLC is set up and ask for a business unsecured line of credit. Many of the local banks in your community are required to allocate a certain amount of funds to new businesses, uh, line of credit wise. So, in most cases, your business, that business, I mean, that bank will give you about fifty thousand dollars line of credit. That's you can, good. That's good. You can then take that money, use it as your down payment. You now, can. Yes, you can. 
Even though now, it's like technically credit, not cash. It's a lot of credit. So you just pay it off every month. Like you pay like, oh, okay. I mean, if you're getting 50 grand, you probably have like a $200 payment a month, something like that a month, cool. essentially. But it has to make sense. So if you're doing a flip, you know you can pay that money back once you make once you finish that flip. Mm-hmm. If you're doing this for a primary residence, hmm, you got to factor in that payment that now you're paying also your mortgage right. and your line of credit. So I wouldn't, I, I don't advise it on a personal you know, a personal home, but for an investment property, I would advise it if you're doing some kind of uh, cash out refinance or if you're doing a flip project, that way you know you're going to pay that line of credit back at some point. All right. So those are the ways. Um, oh, also, you can go to a hard money lender. I've talked about this before. There are, th- there are thousands of hard money lenders out there who will give you the money, but they're going to charge you some very, very high interest rates and a lot of uh, points up front. So that can get very, very costly. So whatever makes sense to you and what you're trying to accomplish and trying to do, that's the way you should go about it. And then my last question I have here is, is the market crashing, Mo? <laughs> uh, what market are you talking about? So the stock market, yes, it's crashing for sure. Um, but I assume we're talking about the real estate market. Overall, I like to say this because I'm, I'm not an economist. I'm not like a 20-year expert in real estate. But I do listen to a lot of real estate and I do watch some very important news you know, what's going on in the economy. And as far as real estate, there are certain markets where, yes, the market is crashing. Those markets are right now some of the California markets, um, Seattle, Washington, uh, Boise, Idaho market. Um, Some of the markets in Florida are going on a a decline. Arizona market is crashing. However, there are other markets that are still very, very, very strong. Atlanta, Atlanta, uh, markets in Alabama, Tennessee, markets in North Carolina and Virginia. Uh, I'm not going to say Charlottesville because now we're starting to kind of see a correction, but some markets are still saturated with buyers. Homes are still flying off the market <laughs> as quickly as they come on. So you really have to study the area that, that you want to buy in or you want to invest in to see what's happening in that market. Because yeah, some markets are crashing and some aren't not or not. So it just depends on where you're investing. So. Interesting. Yeah. Great, great insight. Well, thanks. It was a little bit of both of us for this episode. That's all for me. Some good info. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, guys, as always, really appreciate those of you that have, I've gotten a couple emails and messages on Instagram about like topics and questions and things. Um, So just, yeah, continue to do that. If you think of any kind of, for me, you know, wine related specific topic um, or guest, if you have a guest you want on and then with Mo, same for him, you can, Mo, where can people follow you? Wait. So before I tell people that I do want to, what Carolyn, I do want to say one thing. Who do you sound like right now? Uh, you. <laughs> I do want to Before say, I answer uh, your question, let no, me just No, because I, I think I, I breezed through a very, very important strategy. And I don't think you were listening because you weren't looking at me, but I want you to hear the strategy too. We will probably never use it, but I want to make sure people knew what I meant when I said it. House hacking. House hacking is living in either one unit and renting out the others or living in a single family home and say you're living on the main floor and you're renting out the basement. That's what house hacking is. If you're doing that, you can go and put a down payment on that type of home at 3.5 to 5 to 10% in that range. That way you wouldn't have to come up with a large down payment like 20% and need to ask family for money. You could probably just save that up, okay? Um, So that's what I just wanted to kind of clarify in terms of the percentage-wise what you need to put down on an investment property. But that's it. Okay, so you can find me at Mo Covington on Instagram. Um, My real estate page is Mo Covington Real Estate. Um, And then on Facebook, Maurice Covington.
Do you want to give your email in case people want to like hit you up for some business? If people really need to contact me, they can find my email online. Ooh. So <laughs> exclusive. Not exclusive, but you know, I'm not going to give it out. If you really want to contact me, you know how to reach me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give my email out because mine is your business one? my business. Yeah. Carolyn at theamericanwinegirl.com. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't changed that. I need you to help me change that. I mean, you are the American Wine Girl. That's fine. I know. It's still part of my business. And then, yeah, Carolyn Coving at, at Instagram. But I feel like most of you guys already know that. Mm-hmm. Listening. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys, so much. We will catch you next time. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. See you later. Bye. Thank you.